Stand clear. 100% wild podcast. So for all you listeners, hello and welcome to definitely not your favorite outdoor podcast. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Drury Outdoors 100% Wild Podcast. We're powered by DeerCast, and this is episode number 260. And we've got some special guests in studio. That's right. You're Tim Chelswick. You are Matt Drury. We have Terry Drury. And more importantly, we got Dustin Lynch. More importantly, I don't know about that. <laughs> <laughs> well, he was on last week. So oh, right on. He's old hat now. Old it's doctor. great to see everybody. If you're Thanks. on one time, you become less. <laughs> I got it. Well, 260, I'll never forget. I'm episode 260. 260. How we got that far, too. no one knows. No, we don't we'll name, know. We'll name a deer 260 this year. There we go. It'd be even better if he was 260. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'd be how like, that's two 130s. How many 260s yeah. do you think are walking around? This coming September. Ooh, not near enough. Not near enough. Any? Some, somewhere in Iowa, you would think there's some giant somewhere. Know. We haven't heard mm-hmm. that score, I don't think, have we? I haven't. Wild? No. Mm-mm. The one that uh, next to David Lindsay up there that got killed, that 242. Yeah. That, that was, was one of the biggest yeah. ones I've ever heard of. Yep. It's just a different animal altogether than yeah. what most normal people are right. used to seeing. It would scare me. Same here. I mean, we're we're... Where I'm at, Tennessee, right outside of Nashville, we're excited to get one, you know, consistent 145 year olds. Yeah, that's still though. I mean, that's probably what hey. God created. I mean, that's pretty, yeah, pretty average. Yeah, no matter where you're like, yeah, yeah, that's that's pretty good. <laughs> it really is. Huh? It's hard to grow those stupid things from, from year to year. Yeah, you know, everybody wants the 180, 190, 200, but man, they're just it's really tough to grow. Yeah, for sure. All right, yeah. so you're in town. You're playing tonight at uh, the, the factory. factory. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, the tour, you're calling it party mode. I freaking love this because this fits, like, this fits when you're coming into camp, what we're doing, basically. Oh, for sure. Having a good time. That's kind of the m- demeanor all the time. Yeah. Party mode, right? Yeah. So, you know, what when you you know, through lockdown and all the kind of BS we just went through, is that a kind of refresher for writing new music, getting ready for the new tour? I'm sure you were chomping at the bits to get back out. Oh, for sure. Because, you know, I think a lot of people don't realize what pays our bills. And, I, and I'm kind of making a point to say this on stage now because it was taken <laughs> away from us. Mm. You know, people listening to music on streaming or radio does not pay our bills. It's, it's our fans that show up and, and pay money to buy a ticket buy beer, buy t-shirts. That's what keeps a roof over our heads and my band and my crew right now. We're, we're rolling lean and mean this year with the way fuel prices are on the road. And we've got 20, there's 28 of us on one bus. Oh, uh, no, not on one bus. Thank <laughs> God. Toyota Prius is, but you know, there's, that there's, that's 28 families. Yeah. Wow. Um, you know, we started out in a van and it was all single dudes, but now we're, you know, a lot of my guys are married with kids. Yeah. And, uh, so there's a lot of mouths to feed. So whenever that was taken away from us for a year and a half, it was uh, it was a challenge. I, I really, learned a lot about how to lead and, and make ends meet. And thank God we were able to pull it off and keep everybody. And I think we came out a lot stronger team because of it. It's funny you say that because when we first met Gary with Rascal Flats, we were flabbergasted at the amount of people and equipment and buses and tractor trailers. And mm-hmm. it, it's quite a company that you run, you know, a small company, if you will, but it's still a company. I there's mean, a, yeah. a lot of people behind all that stuff. Well, there's the way scenes. more. Yeah, there's way more people behind the scenes than people realize on stage. There's six yeah. of us on stage, 22 that nobody knows about. Yeah, there you, know, you go. At the yeah. factory tonight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Pretty crazy. Yep. So, all right. You know, as we get into the pod, we have a lot of fun on the podcast and we shoot the shit, you know, and it's it's pretty easy going. But I'd like to know <laughs> well, how you put up hunting with 
Wade and Mark every season. <laughs> Mostly Wade. <laughs> Mostly Wade, yeah. You know, it's funny. I was actually actually with Wade last night. I was telling you guys before we started, he brought a bunch of my uh, my mounts up that, um, you know, whenever we have success, either in Texas or uh, Iowa, Missouri, um, they go to the taxidermist there. And it's not easy to fly commercial with mounts, right? So I, so I have to have Wade collect everything for me, and it's been a couple years since we've rolled through town on the bus, but my bus is full of antlers right now. <laughs> That's and awesome. the best thing happened. So I've got a guy that is not a big hunter in the band, and um, our closet with all of our wardrobes in the back of the bus, and he came out with a shirt that was just too small because we have a bunch of new clothes. We're trying, you know, yeah. our second weekend out, so they haven't tried on a lot of stuff that, the, the stylist team yeah. told them they should wear. He puts on a shirt. It's too small. So he's like, man, come help me find something. Well, he doesn't know there's – he didn't see the deer beside him when he walks in. And he puts on his second shirt. And he does this. Oh! It scared the crap out of him. <laughs> 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 like, the him. him. Yeah, it was great. It was Eyes great following him everywhere he yeah. goes. <laughs> yeah, it was, it, it was fun, man. So, um, yeah, we uh, – I don't even know how the hell we got here. What are we talking about? We're just talking about, you know, in general, how you deal with Mark and Wade. Oh, Mark and Wade. Season. Yeah. So Wade brings that up, man. I, you know, it's all about having fun. They're, they're, um, they're so knowledgeable too. And it's a great break from, mm -hmm. from what I do of being around a lot of people to when I get to go to camp with them, man, it's all, it feels like kind of off the clock and I get to learn, yeah. not on top of just learn, but, but be with my buddies, man. They're, they've yeah. become family. You know, because we're in the outdoor world, we obviously know what a passionate hunter you are, but there's probably a lot of your fans that don't realize how passionate you are about the sport and yeah. what a killer you are. Right. Truly. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, I've, I've, you know, it, it's, there's a fine line, I, I think, know. in what I do. Yeah. And it's not my fan base at all. It's the gatekeepers of these other media outlets yeah. that I don't want to piss off. So yes. I, I have to be really careful about what I post. Everybody knows I'm an avid outdoorsman. You know, I'm, yeah. I'm always posting about, it's easy for me to post about food plot strategy. You're always on the farm. You're hanging in tree tractor. stands and all that. But as yeah. far as, as far as the kills and all that, I, I try not to, I try to stay away from it just because I don't want to, I don't want to sacrifice, you know, um, a TV show slot or something that, um, just to show off a deer, you know? So I kind of keep that on, on yes. the outdoor side of things. Yes. It's interesting. So th there was a guy that was um, on uh, the first season of Critical Mass. His name was Stephen McBee. And he was just on this show on Fox, like mainstream. It was called uh, Joe Millionaire. Yes. I mean, you know what? I call it a, like a, an episode or yeah. two of that. Yeah. And I noticed that his social, because he, he was on Critical Mass. I mean, we've known him forever. And, and uh, I noticed that his social media feed and his brother Jesse's, it went to like, there was only eight pictures on it. And they, they had a, a really, you know, a lot of hunting pictures and stuff before that. And I ran into him uh, one night in Kansas City. I was up there for an air church concert with my cousins. And we ran into each other at a bar that night. And he said, I go, hey, I got to ask you, because like, I'm always interested in the behind the scenes stuff, like the production end of it. I'm like, did you have to delete all your Instagrams? He's like, yeah. They make you clear everything out. You have to start from scratch. You can't have any of the hunting. You can't show any of that stuff wow. on there. And uh, now that the show's over, you see he just posted something with a you know a caribou or something yeah. the other day. It's like oh, now the show's over, again. he can be <laughs> yeah. himself. But the, the reality is the mainstream isn't. They're just not. They're just not ready to see that stuff on social media. And you can't be mainstream 
if you're using it. That's a shame, but it's a reality. That's the way it goes, yeah. Well, and it, the weird thing is we're supposed to be living in a more tolerant age than ever before. Tolerant and if it's, it's not the case. That is it's not less. the case right now. It's, it's truly less. less. It's yeah. less tolerant yeah. today than it was 25, 30 yeah. years ago. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. You know, to your point, a lot of the baseball guys are the same way. Uh-huh. They're passionate, you know, avid hunters, but they, they don't. They don't post anything about it. We, and yeah, we know a lot like a, of them. It's a know. red mark against you. Yeah, unfortunately. You source your own food. I, I, even yeah. with that message, it's like, hey, how could you, you murderer? It's like, I'm eating this. Yeah, right. <laughs> so, exactly. So, you know, it is what it is. You got a business to run at the end of the day. You know, For you sure. You jeopardize that. And, show. and I, I still love highlighting, you know, just the how much work goes into habitat. And it's a year-round game for me it's a chess match it yeah it never ends you know i mean i'm already thinking about how i'm going to move a tree stand literally 20 yards because i've realized last year that it needed to be moved 20 yards funny how that works when you're in the stand and they're always over there what are we six months away still probably from getting that thing but i'm already you know it's i'm already trying to figure out i've been after two bucks um on my farm in tennessee one's called biggie smalls another one is named wacky and they're both their racks aren't anything numbers wise but they're they've eluded me for i finally saw them on hoof the first time after being after them for three years this how, past how old are they they're eight they're both eight. oh my Jeez. wow at least Senior eight citizens. yeah at least eight because from the first time i had pictures of them i know they're mature fives so i know they're at least eight my niece missed biggie smalls last year with, oh. with, um, on a youth hunt oh and luckily he he uh i had him on camera 45 minutes later chasing a doe yeah. seriously so we knew it was a clean miss yeah and the following morning he's literally uh, uh, right out front of the the pole barn <laughs> we're just watching him eat breakfast he just like, looking like, at you yeah he figured us out but uh, so it's it's you know it's literally years and we've all been after deer yeah. that long and that's what i love about it and that's what i like highlight so in tennessee there how long have you owned that piece of property i'm on year four right now yeah so i haven't um you know we're starting to see already see a difference just feeding them analogics is is only about two years now yeah um and but we, we're already seeing a difference just in the size of the does and, and really the fat content that our does had this past fall just from from having food plots you know and then in those tough months just pumping them full of analogics as best we it, can typically on a new farm like that it takes about three years to figure it out and then year four five and six you can get effective at killing them you yeah know? five it just, years it takes a little bit <laughs> maybe never but it Depends does take a little bit abilities. <laughs> I, I i cheated I, I i was smart about it i had wade come down <laughs> oh, um, there you go whenever Kids i got sold. yeah whenever i got the first farm um and and i i just lucked out I, I ended up buying my first piece that my neighbor to the east wanted to sell two years later and then just recently my neighbor to the north wanted to sell oh nice. old, older farmers and, yeah. and needing to downsize that's awesome though so i you. it's out of hand now but um <laughs> so but wade came in early on on the first piece and set it up for bow hunting that's what i love mm-hmm. to do and so they're smaller kill plots but they're they're strategic you know and um there's a lot of topography with it so we're staying up on the ridges obviously for wind reasons and um, but because it was just a block of timber we got to design the plots and create wind rows Oh yeah. Um, yeah. So you know, our, our in and out, our access is is really nice. Um, I can get in and out and have deer in the plot, and, yeah. and not you know at least get a few more hunts. I think out of it before they figure us out. That, he, he, and, he and Mark are magicians was, at that. I, I mean, they've say, got that's it down. The biggest thing yeah. about those guys, their they've access got it down to, to a science. They I really mean, do. Really so. incredible. The um, there's kind of the painstaking process they go through to make sure their access is key then it's like okay the food plot architecture side of it goes to another level like they they really i mean it's they got down to a science that's the battle no doubt so So, you had the right guy there you know yeah way came down i mean he's been out a couple more times like i said because we've added on and 
um, and just need to, to, to really take an old cow farm that hadn't been kept up with and make it mm-hmm. what I want it to be. And that's, yeah. that's for deer and turkey. So slowly but surely uh, getting around to that. And I, I've just, I've bit off more than I can chew now. I've got to find somebody to help me out. So if you guys know anybody, let me know. Or if you're, <laughs> yeah, yeah. If you're watching or listening <laughs> and you want to be a, a farmhand and move down to Nashville and... Email yeah. Tim. <laughs> well, you need, to be, you need to be 21 and you need to, to be uh, single. And <laughs> I'm not getting rid of it's Scott. <laughs> funny that you say that because Scott. Matt's finding out the same thing when you own a farm. He just bought a, a small farm here in Missouri. But when you own a farm, it, it takes it to another level. It's a 24-7 little project yeah. that you didn't have any idea. All these little things pop up, whether it's mm. the furnace or the water lines oh, or yeah. You know, if we're, Our, whatever. I don't maybe. have a tractor, so yeah. <laughs> like, okay, get one of those. We gotta get a tractor. Yeah. I need a lawnmower. I need a. It's it's yeah. small. Endless like, list. Of it things. is an yes. endless list. Yes. I figured it up the other day for tax purposes. What I've spent so far, and I had a budget, and I've gone over the budget by at least double. Since. Oh man! <laughs> Damn it! <laughs> that's Boy, not bad. I got a nice place. Oh, you know, <laughs> that's not bad. What are you gonna just do? But double. Dustin, we haven't even started putting in food plots yet. <laughs> oh wow! That was just to get the house to where my wife and kids would go to. So. Start finding acorn trees. <laughs> that's right. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Wait on the food plots. <laughs> that's right. So. That's pretty cool that your neighbors were willing to sell a couple chunks though that joined you. That's yeah. Well, and, and I will say the first, the, the farm to the east, um, after the first turkey season there, it's just uh, for whatever reason, they hung up on that east farm and it drove me nuts because <laughs> they would just hammer over there. And so I just, I literally cold called the guy and I said, hey, you know, just bought a piece next to you. I was wanting to know if you were interested in selling. And did he know what you did or who you were? No, no. no. That's he, probably he goes, the best. But he, he showed his hand. Eric he goes, Church fan, huh? He, yeah. <laughs> he showed his hand. He goes, he goes, how'd you know I was wanting to sell? Seriously? Well, I was like, boom, here we go. <laughs> Blood in the water. Um, it, but it took, a, it took a, over a year and a half to. <laughs> oh, no kidding. And negotiate it. Yeah. Finally get sis- it done. You know, his sister got involved and he was, he was in bad health. But uh, we got it done. And, Good. Um, and then, yeah, of course, the turkey next turkey season was a blast. He says, how do you know I wanted to sell? And you go, did we just become best friends? Yep. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. It's yeah. funny you say that, cold call. So I, this piece that I just bought, there's a 60 acres that borders my north end and then a, a county road. And I looked up the tax records you know, on Onyx. Yeah. And I was like, shit, this guy, it's like five minutes from our studio. And and I then I looked I did some internets digging and he was eighty seven he's gonna wipe the eighty yeah. five and I looked up where they live and I'm like I'm just gonna go over there instead of call trying to call or write I was like I'm just gonna go over knock on the door see what he says so I went over I picked a nice day like so it was warm outside right. so he wouldn't mind talking sure and I knocked on the door his wife well I knocked on the door the wife opened the bl- like through the blind I saw her look at me and there was like nothing happening for like a minute and I'm like shit <laughs> they're ghosting me but he came to the door and we sat and talked for a while and I was like you know I didn't bring up anything about hunting or anything about you know wanting to lease it or anything like that and I was just saying, hey, man, if there's anything you ever need, I'm up there once or twice a week. I notice that there's really never anybody up there. If there's anything you ever need, I'd be happy to just help you. You know, whether it's keep an eye on it or if something happens up there and you need me to go up there, I, I'd be happy to help you. He went back in the living room and looked at his wife and goes, okay, this guy ain't real. He's <laughs> full of shit. Yeah. Well, so I gave him, I was prepared. So I had my, my card, you know, cause I, I told him, I was like, I work over five minutes from here, you know, and it, my, on my card, it's got the address and I, I had my cell phone number on there. I said, I'm serious. If you ever need anything, don't forget, you know, don't forget me. I'll help you out. But I, uh, towards the end, I said, just curious. 
<laughs> Would you, you ever selling? No, I didn't because I can't afford it anyways. <laughs> I'm tapped out. I said, just curious, would you ever be willing to lease the hunting rights, a turkey hunt or yeah. anything like that? He's like, uh, <laughs> I think I think the wheels start turning. Like, I see. You know, Here's the other foot. Yeah, and I and I said, no worries. If not, I I would be interested. If 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 you're if you aren't, no big deal. And he goes, no, my son. I think my son hunts it, which he doesn't. There's nobody been there in ten years. Mm-hmm. My farmer says so. I say, you know what? Just think about it. If anything ever changes, I'd be happy to have a d- discussion with you. But regardless, if you need any help there with anything, I'm open to it. You know, whatever you need. So hopefully I haven't got it yet. But to your point, you never know until you ask. That's right. You know, and, and put it out there. He was as nice as could be. It was, you know, it was it was a great an- interaction. Just he wasn't ready at that time. But yeah. you never know if the wheel starts spinning and then yeah. he talks to his son and who's, you know, 60 something and the guy's like, no, I don't hunt there. Go for it. For sure. These past few weeks, um, I've been, I've been hitting the roads and, and to speak on Onyx, just literally trying to find those last few family farms where you can tell just based on the aerial, all right, there's a home, there's the property line. Most likely they're still in charge of the piece behind them. And, uh, not that I need the need the ground because I don't get a lot of time to hunt Tennessee, but I I don't really want to pressure my turkeys too hard this year, um, just because we haven't had a good, we haven't it, it doesn't seem like we've had a good last two years of hatch making it to you know past mm-hmm. the brooding period. yeah you know we're just getting smoked by predators I guess I don't know what's happening, um, so I went and started driving around and asking for permission and same thing make sure it's a nice day yeah because <laughs> um, a lot of these old family farms are older people you know yeah. and and you want to make sure that. Their bones aren't hurting, and, and That's right. you can talk on the front lawn for a minute. And I'll tell you, um, I don't know what my batting average is right now, but it's pretty good. I ended up landing four different 100-acre pieces. Nice. No, sure. um, That's really and, good. And so even if I pick up one bird, one. Yeah. it helps yeah. me out by that one bird. Mm-hmm. And one guy that I found, um, he has a bunch of gardens. He's an old cow farmer, and he hates turkeys. Because they get in his garden and scratch yeah. it up. And he's like, man, I hope you get two or three of them. <laughs> I'm, I'm just thinking he's going to let me get one and, you know, and that's it. But he's, he's ready for me. Yeah, he's ready for me to go in Jeez. there and get two or three. So I'm like, all right, maybe I can give my farm a little bit of, of a breather this year and, and hopefully get a few more toms through the next man, season. Man, I've always heard good things about Tennessee and turkeys. Yes. Like just yeah. – I have the as well. turkey hunting's phenomenal. Good, good amount of birds. So I, you know, I don't know if, like you said, if it's predators or what. But I've heard they're easy to work, especially if you got decoys or anything. They yeah. come in easy. But the way it lays out where I am, there's there's a lot of, and, and where I grew up, um, I've been hunting turkeys since I was 13. Have you really? Yeah, Bobby Durham. and uh, I just fell in love with it. Um, but we've got those rolling hills. Yeah. So it's easy to to get around and and kind of figure out what direction they're headed. And you got to be patient sometimes. But once you once you figure out how to get around and move on them, with that natural block, you can get with you can get inside their bubble pretty easily. Versus out, you know, Iowa, or, you know, these flatter big big ag places where you you're kind of stuck to the I guess the creeks or then you're yeah. behind a fan or whatever you do. But um, so so Tennessee, yeah, I mean it's it's a fun state to turkey on there. No are doubt. you are you a decent caller? Are you a decent caller? Yeah, can you call? Yeah. Yeah, being infatuated with music and having an ear like you do, is it not crazy the way some of these guys are nowadays? Matt Van Sice yeah. and Billy Yargis and some of these callers that are just incredible. It's it's next level. The um, I thought I was a good caller, and I'd always followed along, even even back with Preston Pittman. I mean, yeah, the yeah, early yeah. guys. Yeah, uh, would follow those Butsky, guys along. Yeah, would follow those guys to all these little conventions and 
and contests. Yeah, and Walter. I, I thought I was decent on the mouth call, and then I went out. Um, one of my first TV hunts was with Nate Hosey. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. And whenever I, I literally had my call in my mouth because I didn't. I didn't really know who he was at the time or how good he was. And he started calling. I was like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> it's been my experience my whole life. <laughs> Damn, my, my reads ripped in this one. Yeah, I'm not yeah. going to be like, I'm good. But I, I um, actually had Nate send me some, some cadences uh, a few weeks back just because I like to, to mimic, you know, it was like, okay, dude, send me, just send me everything. You, you know, just go out in the backyard and record yourself. Yeah. And just listening to that before season. And as I'm driving around in the truck, you know, just trying to copy them and, and try to remember, you know, the, you mentioned singing, just all, you know, the key to, to singing is just those very minute inflections and, um, you know, the rhythm of things and the cadence of things. And, and that's what I think those great callers are so good at is, is they're, the, they're at another level. I yeah. Mean, it's it's just, just not even right. Attention to detail is what it is. That stuff that Matt Van Seist does is just, it's off the rail. We it had really him on is. the podcast a couple of weeks ago and he's just, it's incredible. He, what I, th I think what people don't understand, he's been doing it for like 20, 30 years yeah. to stay that competitive and that good for that long. It's crazy. Well, on the level that he's working on, he said that he moved to a different house and the acoustics were different in his, mm. in his house. And it was changing how he was calling because just the feedback that he was getting. And his, his, his wife was even, was even in on it. Like she's like, something sounds different with you. And it was affecting his his performance at, at these competitions. Yeah, he, well, he and you would know this doing it inside versus stepping outside. The sound just changes drastically. Oh, it's completely like it just, different. It just goes away. And you're, man, I know I can call louder than this, but it just it yeah. dissipates. Yeah. You know. Gets and I've always out. wondered, am I calling too loud? You know, that was a that was a Primos thing back in the day. Was you calling too much and you're calling too loud? Mm. They used to say that all the time about different callers. You if know. you sound really good, I don't think it matters. But if you're me. Maybe it matters. <laughs> last year, I was, I was hunting boat. with Aaron Bennett last year, and I can't run a mouth call with a crap. So I was I was running a, a slate call, and I was I was calling, and uh, I'll never forget it. He looked over he, after I got done with my cadence. He goes, uh, "You could probably shorten that a little bit next time." I was like, "Okay." <laughs> <laughs> He's pulling a punch. Duly noted. You call the rest yes. of the day. Well, oddly enough, you cannot call too much when they're right. Yeah. And, and Mark has proven that time sure. and time and time again, but he, he's an exceptional caller, but he knows when, and that's the difference is knowing when you can pour it on him, mm -hmm. you know, and he'll fire one up that don't even want to work. Yeah. He'll get one fired up and yeah. then he, and then he really gets into it. So it's a matter of understanding how a turkey, you know, reacts and then getting them to answer that call and then continuing to pour it on them. And it doesn't work like that all the time. You know, there's a, oftentimes he'll soft call one, Sure. you know, if he, if he, but he knows how to take their temperature and, right. and that's, I think half the battle. That is. And I think it's just recognizing what mood they're in and, yeah. and those guys have, have been around so many turkeys yeah. that they know. He does. And, uh, and, and I, th I think too, their averages are so much higher because they do know. And, mm -hmm. and on those, those birds that I can't get fired up, you know, your really good callers can. Um, and, and, and maybe not even, even if they are fired up, if they hang up. Yeah. Yes. You know, you which, which happens to me a lot. Yeah. You know, I think it happens to a lot of us. You know, they, you get them kind of right in there, and it always seems like those really good callers can push them through and yeah. get them to you. It's either that or he'll leave that one and go to another one. <laughs> that also helps. And Mark, then he'll come back the next day and kill it. Yeah. Yeah. He likes to cover a lot of ground. Yes. <laughs> so 
All right. So, you know, with, with all this, you mentioned something about bird, uh, you know, predation. Yeah. You actually, this past year, past two years, Terry, at your farm, you did a lot of predator control. Yes. Has that made a difference in the turkey population? Unbelievable. Day and night. Mm-hmm. It really, really has changed things. Uh, and forest is a big part of that, obviously. But we were down in our population, much like you. You know, we weren't having hatches. And what few hatches we did have, they were just absolutely annihilating the nests and mm-hmm. mostly raccoons. Mm-hmm. So we hired a trapper. Trapper came in and did his thing. And, and the turkey population has exploded this wow. year. Yeah, How absolutely. How many predators do you think you've taken off your, your ground? Hundreds. Yeah, literally hundreds. And there's thousands more. Yes. <laughs> like yeah. You can't stop and, it. And you know, Tad Brown, who's an accomplished mm-hmm. trapper, and he's been around for many, many decades, he was saying that uh, a coon will travel 25 miles. Like they have a, not oh, necessarily a home geez. core area, but a, an area that they'll go, yeah, yeah, that they'll do 20 or 25 miles. We had somebody which, on the podcast, I forget who it was, but they were talking about predators, uh, about coyotes specifically, and how they vacate if you kill you just opening up a new spot yeah. for another yeah, animal to like come in. They could travel from anywhere, and they're just coming in. They're, they're, they're traveling so much that you're always going to have problems with yeah. coyotes. Oddly enough that you say that, Forrest killed a big male coyote there on the farm, and then like a few weeks later or a week later he killed another male, and then he just recently killed another male. So these males just continue yeah. pouring in there. So I don't know if he's going to – we were trying to shoot a female or two, to uh, reduce the population, but he, he's yeah. been sh- shooting males. Was that Dr. Uh, Chamberlain maybe that said that? Yeah. Probably. It was, yeah, yeah. Because yeah, his whole thesis was like, you can kill as many predators as you want. That's helpful. But the real silver bullet is when you get in there and you change the habitat. Mm. You create habitat that's more conducive to poults and fawns right. and things like that. Well, we see this all over where they're taking out so many of the fence rows to improve the tillable mm-hmm. and expand their tillable mm-hmm. acreage. But, man, so much of that nesting habitat has disappeared in northern Missouri and southern it's Iowa and Illinois and many other states. And I understand it. I mean, they, you know, if they pay top dollar for a piece of property, they're wanting to farm every square inch of yeah, it. Sure. But, boy, it has a, an adverse effect when it comes to nesting. So many yeah. for whether it be quail or pheasants or, or turkey or whatever it might be. Yeah. I'm, I'm personally dealing with... Uh, the first piece I bought in Tennessee was logged heavily, high-graded. Yeah. And it's to the point now to where it's so thick. Once green-up happens, mm. my turkeys leave. And I know for uh-huh. a fact they're not wanting to get in there. And, it's too thick. And, too they, they can't yeah. escape, yeah. you know. And so I, I really need see, to, I need to you know? get um, – I know I need to get NRCS out there to really – somebody that knows just tells me, hey, on this block, do this, do that. And I, I'm looking forward to uh, – started – connecting dots on getting some mulching done and all that stuff this Good. coming summer. So. Is that a scenario yeah. where you can burn you can burn it off or when it's or Well, it- I'm going to try a, a growing season burn. I've done, mm-hmm. you know, burns in February and March, but a growing growing season burn, maybe I can go in and a lot of what they, you know, what's popped back up is that uh, tree of heaven that's just an invasive you know, it it, it has a root and then trunks just pop yeah. off the root. You oh, can't yeah. stop it. Um, and I'm going to try a growing season burn because I had guys try to come in and hack and squirt and they're like, there's too many. We can't, you know, this isn't going to help. So I'm going to try a growing season this, this August or September and see if I can go in and, and singe, you know, yeah, and, and maybe take care the of the growing of season on it. Is that late? What do you mean? So, so growing season burn, meaning whenever, you know, when there's still, when it's still green, the leaves are green. If we can get the, the fire hot enough, I think it'll, it'll mm. singe that stalk. It's basically yeah, stunted, it. kind and, of. Yeah, and top, I mean, may, and then maybe you know take yeah. care of them. Yeah. But there's no, it's that or mulch. And the problem is a lot of my farm is so steep. 
There's no way to mulch it. Yeah. So, so you'd you'd be stuck trying to get a skid steer or something with a big veil mulcher on right, it or right. something. Yeah. I mean, I can get my. Of, I can, that'd be a lot of work. Right. And I can get my ridges, you know. But, yeah. but once you get off the side, what yeah. do you do? Yeah. So mm. let's talk. Let's talk a little bit about touring. His tour. Well. You want to, Dustin? I can do that. <laughs> What's up all next? Day. So we're out all year. The party motor you mentioned is uh, is something we've been working hard on since December. Believe it or not, just we, it started with music and and you know getting back to touring. Um, obviously, is is a huge thing. But I wanted to come back and and give people a show that was something they had never seen us do. We've been doing this for ten years, so a lot of our fan base has seen us multiple times, and. Um, I was wanting to come back and with a bang. And, and so we picked this, this song, particularly Party Mode, to release to radio just because it said something new and it allowed us to really brand uh, a tour behind it Yeah, and, and really grab a hold of what that is and, and, and I don't know, embrace that lifestyle this year. And so, uh, man, this show is, is very inclusive. It's interactive. You guys will see tonight. I'm excited y'all are coming. Thank you. Um, Thank you. <laughs> yeah, it's it's going to be a, f- a fun show, but it, it's um, it's it's just a big party, and and one of my goals is, you know, I, I all all of us artists look up to other artists, and one artist that I've I've looked up to my whole life is Kenny Chesney, and what he's created, um, with his shows, but not only his shows, it's an all day affair, it and, is. and what I think I've figured out, um, just by having conversations about it, is I think you know his fan base, the No Shoes Nation, has grown because. What he's allowed to do is is the the, tel- the pre tailgate, you know, all day long, and then you go to the show. What what that's allowed his fans to do is meet friends, yeah, and interact with each other. And then all it takes when he rolls back through town is one of those friends to go, "Let's hey, go, we see going, him. yeah." And no, and none of that circle is going to back out. You know, at least some people are going to be like, "Yeah, man, let's go. We'll tailgate." I hadn't seen you in a year, you know, because I met you at that parking lot. Let's, so I think I think that creating that atmosphere and that culture. Um, amongst the fan base is, is really cool and something that I think the party mode tour is is we've already seen it. We're only, this is weekend two of it, but I'm seeing <laughs> I'm seeing a completely different um, crowd in front of our eyes every night. Which is really yeah, it's it's really neat. Leading up to this, it seems like they've had you ever. You've been in Vegas. You were at the Super Bowl. You were you know like you, you've been in party mode for the press. I'm sure leading <laughs> into this thing, right? Yeah. So I mean. How much fun is it, but then how much work is that to continue to go traveling all over the place at as you're age? also trying to get ready for the tour? At his age, partying every night? Doesn't sound <laughs> too bad. <laughs> well, I know. It's not every night, but yeah, we've hit a lot of cool marks. I mean, we we hit uh, Mardi Gras in there. We've hit a lot of cool things just to kind of keep the theme going. Um, but, it's you know, at, at this point in life, you get these opportunities. You've got to take it. Mm-hmm. Thank God you have Wade carrying your luggage every once in a while. No kidding. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. He comes out and helps a little bit. But, um, it, yeah, it's been a busy year, even though we're just now kicking tour off. Uh, we, ha- you know, had an album release in February. And so the, the lead up of all that media and press was huge. And just a lot of TV, you know, TV takes it out of you just because it's. Mm. It's a lot of stress, man. How about podcasts? Um, <laughs> podcasts. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, <laughs> there's there's one thing that I uh, just the shitty ones. <laughs> there's one, yeah, there's one thing. No, there's one thing I excel at. I can talk for a while, man. So interviews don't bother me at all, <laughs> especially when it's about hunting or music. Yeah, yeah. or partying. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. We can do it all. That's cool. I, I think people are ready to get out, and like, there's just so much pent up energy for people yeah. to reconnect with friends and travel yeah. and all those kind of. So it, the timing is perfect. It is, yeah. I think all of us artists are seeing that right now. These crowds, the people, you know, we're not ticket sales are, are 
kind of bizarre right now. You'll have some shows that blow right out and then some shows that, that don't. And it's just market to market. But the people that show up to our shows are full on sending it. And there's, yeah. it's, it, it's very noticeable the difference of, of the energy that people are bringing. On up. your tour, do you, I know you, you played last night, Thursday night in Iowa, tonight, Friday night. Do you, do you have weekday nights? I mean, Thursday nights, pretty much you could make it a weekend and then you just take off work Friday. Like, do you purposely try to stick to <laughs> the weekend area so that people want to get into party mode? I mean, is that part of it? You know, for, for except the summer months, summer months get a little wacky. We'll have uh, county fairs yeah, mm-hmm. and state fairs. yeah, And so you, you build a, a handful of those and, and you find yourself playing a Wednesday and a Monday and, <laughs> um, but it's a fair, so it's it's a different animal. Yeah. You know, the, the party mode tour is is pretty much venues like tonight, the factory, which is specifically a music venue. We're doing some auditoriums. When when May and June hit, we'll go outside and do smaller amphitheaters. Yeah. Um, so it's lending itself more to people who are coming to watch music. It's not they're there to ride some rides and then go see somebody sing. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. I, one of the things that's been driving my desire to go see concerts is like I don't like I just got reminded of people's mortality a little bit over the past couple of years. I saw Joe Diffie, and then yeah. a month later to the day he had passed away. Yep. So I've got this like list of artists that aren't getting any younger. It's like I want to go see them while I still can because you just dusting on your list. It's, yeah. all, it's all people hey. in prime country. Right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, like I wanted to go see Merle Haggard. He came to town, and then I didn't. And then it was like a year later. Man, I, I said the same thing last week. I went out to Las Vegas. We had a weekend off, and, and it was needed. We were right in between very intense tour rehearsals for this show. So, you know, five full days nonstop, as yeah. long as we could take it, and then a nice break in Vegas. And, and I took my original um, band members from high school, the guys that oh, got wow. me into That's the music. Cool. No kidding. Flew them out to Vegas, put them up, and we did it right. Party and, uh, <laughs> but we went to see, yeah, we, we went to see a band that really inspired us early on, and, and the band is Incubus, is a rock yeah. band. Oh, yeah. And, um, and two of the guys, you know, didn't out of the band didn't uh, didn't come, and and we were just saying it's like, man, we don't know how old how long these old Bastards rockers, are gonna, like, <laughs> how long can you play rock music? You know, they're in their they're pushing, you know, I mean they're they're not older rockers, but you just never know. And they're then probably you know, in their late 40s or yeah, 50s, and then you I see bet. you know that weekend you see Taylor uh, Hawkins of I think yeah. his, his name of the Foo Fighters, yeah. yeah. And and I, I same thing. I have regrets of I had a chance to go see Tom Petty and oh. was too busy. Yeah, man, go see the band you want to mm-hmm. see because 100%. you just never know. A- am I correct in this? Did I thought I saw a billboard that said Bon Jovi is coming back into St. Louis? He, he is. Yeah. Are they touring? Yeah, Bon Jovi. He never stops. <laughs> so, well, there'd be you? one. I think it'd be awesome to see. Oh, for sure. I mean, anybody from those days. Have you ever seen Bon Jovi? Mm. Whatever, Tim, cool. Tim's more of a prime country guy. I'm telling you, yeah. I like it. Merle Whalen, those guys, Clint Black. Yeah, yeah. Same here, man. I love all that stuff. Um, Tracy Lawrence. Oh yeah. Tracy so Lawrence? I was going to ask you about that. What was that like? So you collaborated with him on Texas Tornado. Yeah. So like, you got the call. Like, how does that? Got all... the call. I didn't expect him to be sitting, uh, you know, across the glass in the studio oh, when I was singing it. You talk about <laughs> nervous. <laughs> I was freaking Tracy Lawrence. Is, He's behind the board, and of course, he's producing the album. And um, but luckily, that song, and you know, I've played so many honky tonks and so many cover bands, mm-hmm. I'd sang all of his stuff for Years. a decade. Yeah, yeah. so it's like, dude, I've done this a hundred thousand times for five dollars in a pickle jar. Because I did like two passes. He's like, damn, you sing this good. It's like, man, it's practice. I didn't have to practice. Like, I've been doing this for forever. So that made it easier. But that was a really cool moment. I, I actually did an interview not long ago, and 
um, they were asking about collaborations, and that's one I mentioned as one of my coolest because God, he's my hero imagine. growing up. I mean, he and I've gotten to become good buds with him. And we've done a lot of charity work together. Does he hunt too? Yeah, he does. I, I was at his concert, and his his fiddle player was out selling CDs in the stands, and he had like a Bowtech hat on or something. So, oh, wow. so his name's Joe, and oh my God, what a full circle moment right here. <laughs> so one of the permission farms I got, I'm just driving around trying to find farms, and one of the permission farms I got, uh, the, the farmer took me out, just showed me the ropes, and he goes, man, if, if you go to my neighbor here, he goes, he's a peculiar guy, but if, if you tell him that I'm going to let you hunt, he may let you hunt. So I pulled over there, and old man comes out, and lights up a cigarette, sits down. And uh, he's trying to fill me out before he gives me permission, you know. So he goes, you look familiar. And I said, well, you heard of the Grand old Opry? I was like, I'm just going to pour it on him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he goes, matter of fact, I have. Do you know Tracy Lawrence? And I said, yes, sir. I'm actually friends with him. And uh, he goes, well, his fiddle player, Joe, lives up the street. No kidding. <laughs> oh, and he's crazy. a big hunter. And he's a big bow hunter, Joe is. Okay. So every sense. time we play a show, we're always talking bow hunting. That's wow. cool. Yeah. So cool. Funny you bring him up. He is touring with uh, Tracy Bird, or Tracy Bird's touring with him down at, at the lake. Are they? The, it's like the day before Perry, yeah. Perry and Marissa's wedding. But, yeah, the resurgence of 90s country this yeah. past two years. Yeah. Like You see a lot of the big mainstream festivals picking up uh, these 90s guys. Because Travis Tritt. Yeah, yeah. yeah, they're making a killing now because for whatever reason, it's cool to like 90s country again. And mm -hmm. those guys are getting booked at these mainstream festivals. Because it's awesome. It is awesome. <laughs> it's hard it to is awesome. It. I got to see the first show back. Wade and I were doing the Grand Slam last year. I was trying to, you know, I went yeah. touring. I'm like, Wade, this is my year. Let's go try to get me a Grand Slam. So we, we hit it off on that journey. And our last stop was Merriam's in Nebraska. And um, we were successful and had a, had an extra night to kill in, in Omaha. And um, literally typed in my phone, what's happening in Omaha tonight? And Tracy Lawrence and Clay Walker were. Oh wow, the cool! Clay Walker might be. I think he's one that's that's with that Tracy Bird yep. thing down at. It's an awesome show. Anyway, yeah. that's the first concert we was got to see. Was T Bird there? Was Tracy Bird? No, it was just Clay no. and, and Tracy. Yeah, but that's the first show I got to see since you know March of 2020 when yeah. the world lockdown was. Yeah, was that show, man? It was so cool to see live music again. Were you a Tracy Bird fan? Oh yeah, yeah. big time. Yeah, absolutely. First got show, a tremendous voice. Yeah, first show back I saw was Chris Stapleton. Yeah, I mean, oh, wow, man. <laughs> he puts Talk up, about tremendous he, voice. He doesn't, yeah. he doesn't, it's not a show, but yeah, the, yeah. the songs and the voice is he just makes incredible. You feel something. Yeah, it's incredible. I still, yeah. we watch it from time to time, that thing that he did with uh, Justin Timberlake. That video, yeah, oh, say my something. Oh, God. I was, One uh, take video. Yeah, I, um, I was in the crowd, um, at, I think it was the CMA Awards when, when he and Justin did um, yeah. uh, Tennessee Whiskey, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. And... What talent? Uh, that was the first was, time I'd really heard him. I'm like, it, holy it, shit, this guy's unbelievable. Obviously, a lot of people knew that was going to happen. I didn't know it was going to happen. And they came out and sang that song. And, man, you could just feel the magic in the room of, like, oh, my God, we're literally witnessing history. Because yes. at the time, you know, I would have been a Stapleton fan from his bluegrass days. And I would mm -hmm. follow him around at different things with, with the jumpers and everything. And um he came out and sang that song, and, and it was like the next day, I think he had sold 100,000 albums. It was <laughs> instant, like, what you hope for when you yeah. have a big TV it's moment. all the bandwagoners like me, like, man, this guy's awesome. Yeah. See, so discovered. If, if you team up with Justin Timberlake, I'm pretty sure it'll do well. Well, yeah, you can't really go wrong there. But, but how, how that, story, that, came, that collab came to be is, is Timberlake wanted to – he was having a birthday party at one of his places out west. Yeah. And, uh, and Stapleton ended up – Trace got Stapleton, right? Do you yeah. know Trace? 
I've met him before. I don't yeah. know him well, but I think originally they had asked for Jamie Johnson and he wasn't available. So, so somebody had steered him at the agency. We'll try this guy Stapleton. And, yeah. And Stapleton came out and played the campfire or whatever he was having for his birthday. Oh, and wow. they hit it off. And that's so how that moment happened. Trace is uh, his like childhood best friend from Memphis. And back when he was in sync and in, in sync, uh, he was out there in LA with him and all this time. He traveling along. Well, JP Morris, J Johnny's son, I guess he had a, um, maybe a stepsister or half, I forget the connection, but JP was out there in LA, you know, visiting his sister or whatever. And this is a long time ago. And he said, he saw a guy with a Bass Pro hat on. So he introduced himself. He just kind of said, Hey, you know, you're a fan of Bass Pro or whatever. And he met, it was Trace who was best friends with Justin. He was his like tour man. He's a manager for him yeah. for a while or whatever. And, uh, they became good friends. And now like Kid Rock and, you know, all those guys like Hank Williams Jr., like Johnny and JP, like no, every country guy, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And anybody that's a fan of hunting or fishing or anything, they seem to be tied into. But that connection was Justin's grandpa and Trace's grandpa both were running bloodhounds, like, oh, like, like wow. famous bloodhounds, like winning, you know, yeah. contests and this and that with them. And they were childhood best friends. And that's how Justin and Trace became best friends. But when I mentioned, I knew a guy in Tennessee that has unbelievable turkey hunting. That, that's who it was. It was gotcha. Trace. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So that's wild, man. It's, it's, it's amazing what brings people together, yeah. you know, and, and, um, I still think that the, the reason, um, you know, Mark and I got connected just being mutual fans of each other. And, and I guess, and he invited me to come, uh, deer hunting with him. And, and I remember pulling the bus up, you know, we got there in the middle of the night and, uh, I look outside and I woke up and there's snow everywhere in the driveway. And I see Mark out there doing something. And, I, you know, as I pulled the curtain up, I'm like, holy crap, there's freaking Mark Drury. What am I, <laughs> what am I doing here? Mm -hmm. And, but we, we started talking over a cup of coffee, man. And, um, it was, it was, you know, me knowing, having some knowledge about the older turkey guys, you know, and, yeah. and, and like I think, Preston, like Preston, Preston yeah, man. It's like, you know, I've, I've, uh, I don't know, just the weight of, of those guys and that lineage of, of people in this industry of obviously you guys making it what it is and, and, and bringing it to the masses like mm -hmm. this is just so cool. Mm -hmm. Um, and you just never know those connections, man, like that. Well, we talk about when it happens, you know, Butsky and Skeet Thomas and Joe yeah. Drake and Eddie Salter and Ray. I, yeah. and they're just a litany of those old callers. Salter is one of my favorite follows right now on Instagram. Eddie. Oh yeah. I think he's, he's a he's, character. He's, man. he's awesome, man. He's got he's, some great memes. He's <laughs> a really, really good friend of ours. I mean, we love Eddie. Yeah. Love Eddie Salter. He's a good, good person. I burnt those HS videos up <laughs> did you really those, those uh, i guess they're a dvd eddie salter says didn't you yeah. guys hunt did yeah. you guys hunt with him and was he, it he came in and hunted with us it was eddie and i against mark and matt moret that's right yeah and they kicked our ass they spanked, <laughs> <laughs> they spanked us almost wasn't fair yeah. <laughs> eddie's that's a cool. good guy though dustin He's, had a deep cut when you were coming in the building today you said first time in what's up that's one of our first videos Actually, did you know that? <laughs> yeah, that's why I was like, hey, uh, yeah. that's a deep cut. That's a yeah. callback. Yeah. VHS, that was a VHS title. Yeah, first, first time, time in. in. Really? Yeah. yeah. How about it? We shot a bunch of little... <laughs> a bunch of four corns. <laughs> the script was, the first time you go in that tree, the first buck that walks by, shoot, shoot it. <laughs> well, wow. I do. There was a lot of small ones walking by. Back <laughs> Don't lie, that was all you had. <laughs> that was it. good. We were managing. Back then, the cover bucks were deer that, you know, nobody shoots anymore. 
anymore. Yeah. It was all young, you know, young two, two year old. three year olds. Yeah. yeah. We're cover bucks. Yeah. Got to yeah. start somewhere. And damn proud of them. <laughs> but that was 35 years ago. So yeah. we really didn't know a hell of a lot back then, sure. to be yeah. quite honest. Yeah. I mean, it's it still amazes me. Like, I nerd out on um, YouTube channels just yeah. constantly because there's so much information out there now. And, I think and that, none of that was available back in the day. Right. You know, there was a few yeah. television shows. The only one I can really remember that wasn't a hunting show was Babe Winkleman. Oh, Had a fishing yeah. show fishing. that I was, in, you know, enthralled with Babe. And mostly because his delivery, his cadence, his right. voice, you know, he was just real smooth and all that. But there wasn't, there wasn't any hunting shows, you know, Mossy Oak and Realtree and, and Primos, you know, kind of started the, the uh, VHS yeah. days. That's yeah. where the first videos came out and we, we followed suit. I still miss the old TNN. Yes. On the yeah. weekends. Same. Yeah. I was at a, uh, an event in Minnesota and Babe showed up and he was friends with the, the guy running it. And, uh, there was a little bar that we all basically everybody that came in to attend. We went to the bar that night and we're hanging out and he karaokeed like the yes. whole oh, freaking no. night. Oh, it, awesome. it was awesome. It was awesome. I got a picture of me and Jeez. Babe together. He's all sweaty. And it, I mean, they're legends, right? Yeah, for sure. You know. So yeah. well, we we went to the Bass Pro Fishing Fair, which was their 50th anniversary here last weekend. Yeah, yeah. and uh, it was Jimmy Houston, Bill Dance, Hank Parker, Roland Martin. You know, Johnny really supports a lot of these yeah. old time fishermen that kind of brought that sport and made yeah. it popular and television. They're and all his friends. Stuff. They're you his know? buddies. Yeah, yeah. his fishing yeah. buddies, and they were all there supporting it, which I thought was phenomenal. Legends, I thought it was man. awesome. All oh, that's legends. Mount Rushmore right there. Yeah. in my childhood. Every one of them was. Guys. Speaking of old guys, I brought something for everybody today okay well we got it it's a call back to last episode <laughs> we did a little internet research so terry terry brought up that there's a chewy werther's original and i said he was full of shit and <laughs> sure enough, there's a chewy werther's oh, original. There definitely is <laughs> one of my favorite parts of that last show was matt saying there's a chewy werther's and terry just goes haha <laughs> like i gotcha i love werther's man you know this this is the best candy if you ever get a cough during deer season, Werther's. The, the, not the chewy one. The yeah, actual. just you throw yeah. it in there. It's like you a don't worry about coughing in the tree stand. <laughs> my mom loves these. I might give that to my mother. We got a whole bag. I here. was just before we went on <laughs> air. I was no just put them in my office. <laughs> I was telling Dustin that we celebrated mom's 89th birthday That's yesterday. Right. We took her out to dinner last night, and, and she's having a knee replacement here in a few days. But she's dying to get back into deer woods. That's all she cares about is going into deer hunting. Yeah, she wants to kill a buck really bad. Well, she'll be if yeah. she's having a replacement next week. She should be. We, yeah, we think so. We yeah. hope, as, you know, physical therapy and all sure. that jazz. But she's a she's a fighter and a kicker <laughs> and a scratcher. It. She's she's willing to get back out there. She's dying to get back out there and kill a buck. That's awesome. She killed three does last year. All right, I know we're taking Dustin up here. Before we let you go, we're going to do a couple things of business here. We got we Cut. got we call it the real wild clip of the week. That's something we're doing on Instagram. So we got something that was sent to us by a mutual friend, Mike Inglemeyer. This is his kid. Go ahead and Joe and roll the footage. This. Oh, wow. This is a homemade guitar that the kid made. He's got an antler shed. He's, he's playing slide to... guitar with an antler. I've never seen this. He's like a Leroy Parnell. How about that? Yeah. The kid made the guitar. That's Inky's son? Yeah, that's Inky's young son. Damn. Made the guitar. The dog's not impressed. <laughs> <laughs> he's probably wanting the shed. Is the, did the dog help find the shed, too? Uh, probably so. Probably yeah, so. I think you're right. Yeah, because it's... A shed dog. It's got so much going on. You got patriotism. That's pretty you cool. That's really cool. I That's bet, pretty dog. cool. I bet Nugent steals that idea. Yeah. <laughs> so, so Tim tried it out. He said, you know what? It's not as easy as it looks. I tried I said, making I a G chord with an antler in my hand. It's impossible. <laughs> yeah. I can't do it. Do you play a guitar? Uh, kind of. 
I started during COVID. There you I go. Do you have it like, here at the studio? Time. Do you have oh it? Oh my here? gosh. Did does Matt set you up for this? No. <laughs> Matt doesn't want me to play. He's been on... dying to play Seminole Wind Tim, on the podcast. I, I would give anything to, to hear you. See, just can he, he say wanted it? No, he wanted to I do try. it last week, and I said, absolutely not. I go, if you do this, Terry's going to make fun of you to the end of time. And Matt's don't, no. let it, don't let him fool you. Matt, this is a, no. this is I a ruse. Hear, I want to hear it, Tim. <laughs> Matt's afraid I'm going to fly out of this nest. So what's your, become... what's your go-to karaoke song? Seminole Wind, based well, on what I hear. I, I, I do love Seminole Wind. <laughs> okay. What's your go-to karaoke song? Is that it? I don't, I've never oh, done look, karaoke. Joe's oh got gosh. it right there. Uh, uh, oh, look at him. Like he didn't just bring his guitar in from home. I brought this for Dustin to sign, for the record. Okay, I can do Matt, that. Matt is specifically said you will not sing or play on the podcast. Well, go ahead. We're, we're all in now. Okay, act like it's a thing. We'll, what? We'll hey, get that later, what's your go-to karaoke song? We had a karaoke oh, I know tonight. What is. Mine used to be Neon Moon with, with nice. Brooks. Brooks and Doug. That song made a resurgence this year. Yeah, I know. I know. Yeah, uh, I like all Alan Jackson stuff. Yeah. Matt, what about I'm you? I'm a big Charlie Pride fan, too. Charlie, yeah. yeah. I, I can't sing worth a shit, so... Well, what's I'm, your go-to song? It'd be, like, it'd be like, Fight for Your Right to Party from Beastie Boys. Nice. <laughs> yeah. I love it. And then it. I let my wife, Miranda, do the rapping part. <laughs> there we go. What was yours? Man, if, if I've had enough beer, I'll usually go, like, I'll do a rap song. I'll do, like, some Dr. Dre or something. Get out. That's yeah, right. I'll do, like... Well, I've still country music for a living, so yeah. like, were, were I'll do ever, something I'm not used to doing. Were you ever a big Nelly fan? Yes, big time. Man, he kidding me? That's he, like he turned that whole must world be the upside. Money. Yeah. You know, uh, country grammar was the first yes. song I heard riding with a buddy that was not, you know, riding with someone else that wasn't a parent. Like yeah. my my, mm. the, my <laughs> oldest friend got his first. You <laughs> that know, wasn't a parent. S ten, <laughs> and that that song came out. That we came thought out we were the coolest. My freshman on. year of college, yeah. and that's all you heard. All and I went to school in Springfield, Missouri, at yeah. Missouri State, and so like a St. Louis guy, you know, and the Rams then were like they went to the Super Bowl that year. So high. it was like, oh man, we're from St. Louis, and we're proud. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and Nelly was a huge Rams fan and oh, huge yeah. Cardinal fan. He's still a big part of Cardinal. I got a fan. picture. I was. Uh, at a blues game with Miranda and we were at the time Kelly Chase was yeah. big blues guy was the announcer and so he's a huge hunter uh, former blue and we were down in the, the the bottom part they had a bar like a VIP bar area and, and we got lucky enough Kelly invited us into it and Nelly's there and I'm like hey let's get a picture of freaking Nelly like this is our childhood yeah here, you know I, this picture, he could not look more uninterested <laughs> to meet two more white people. <laughs> Rednecks. Yeah, I was like, I, you I know, mean, he's. It's amazing what he's still doing. He's oh, still yeah. having huge hits. Absolutely. He writes a lot with a lot of Nashville songwriters. Yeah, does he really? Yeah, he spends a I'll lot of time darn. in Nashville writing. I'll be darn. And I've got some close buddies that have written with him, man, and um, nothing but great things to say about the guy. That's His cool. style was just so different, you know. Time, it, it appealed sure. to a lot of people. And it but was it, just, they did say he, he rolls with a pretty big posse. He, he rolled into. <laughs> I couldn't imagine. Like if I roll into right, this particular house we're talking about where we write, it's me. And he, <laughs> I'm here, guys. <laughs> Nelly rolled in with like five girls and three other dudes. It's like, what do they do? They, man, they just hang out they and he just works. hang out. Like well, that's awesome. They're in party mode while he's emotional working. support. <laughs> yeah. You know, he's he's working to make sure they have a fun time. Yeah, or, or sticky like boogers one or the other. Yeah, yeah, well, hey, you know what you gonna do? That's right. I love well, it. What if we do this? What if we play out the show to Seminole Wind? Okay. Only if Dustin promises to sing along with me. Oh my okay. god! So, oh, how about you play it? He sings it. Where's the karaoke teleprompter? I don't know if I really know all these words. <laughs> all right. So last piece of business. We got to get to a question of the day, right? At least Let's do it. 
All right. Hold so it. the question of the day is probably brought to you by Cold Steel, professional blades for real hunters. And we got Nate from New York. Hey, guys, this is Nate Williams. I live uh, in uh, central New York, right near Cooperstown, actually. Oh, wow. Um, so my question is, you know, we all see, you know, the perks of being uh, a leading face in the hunting industry, you know, the outdoor shows, the but what are some of the burdens that uh, you guys face during the season or on a daily basis? I, th- I think this question goes probably both ways. You know, it's, it's more applicable to an actual somebody that actually has notoriety like you versus us. Be- but- before I answer that, I would like to say that Cooperstown, we, we didn't realize it. We went up there for Jim. Jim Tomey got nominated into the Hall of Fame. So yeah. we went up to watch the Hall yeah. of Fame induction. Coolest but, moment. But we life. didn't realize that Cooperstown was about 10 or 15 minutes from where we turkey hunted for years. It's the tip of the Catskill Mountains up there. And it's the most beautiful, beautiful country. One of the most beautiful places I'd ever been to, that Middleburg and Cobleskill and Schenectady and I think Schoharie County, and it's just a gorgeous pretty, area. Pretty place. Unfortunately, the turkeys, it's they're, they're benches. So you go up to bench one, and a turkey might be on bench two. So you get to bench two, he's either back down on bench one or he's back up on bench three. Oh. And it's a it's a chess match trying to hunt them Basically, out there. Basically, you so never catch up to them. You never catch them, <laughs> yeah. yeah. A lot well, of hiking. We had a buddy that lived there in Springfield, Mass., that we used to hunt there with all the time. Randy so, Panic. I just want to tell that gentleman that that area is absolutely gorgeous and what a, what a place to grow up next to Cooperstown there. Pretty lucky, lucky man. So the I'd say some of the adverse things that people never see, much like your line of work, where it looks glamorous and glitzy and it's all fun and party mode every, you know, 24-7. It's not like that. There's a lot of things that especially owning a farm, whether it's trying to fix the chain on the corn planter or fix, you know, we couldn't get the skid steer started. We found out that it was a a wire that was loose on a starter. Uh, We had to go buy batteries for the Komatsu, the the excavator, and for the skid steer. We couldn't get any of the the equipment this winter wouldn't start. We had fuel issues. I had to get a different fuel tank. We were changing fuel filters. I bought six different fuel pumps for the Cabela's tractor. It just... Terry's selling it. It was endless. (laughs) That's the truck. You know, the part they don't see is endless. And it's just like any other farmer or any other person that owns owns a farm or whatever you're trying to do around your house. Might be your lawnmower, it might be your weed eater, Mm -hmm. might be the electric cords, but it's an endless 24-7 job that and and we love doing it. We obviously enjoy doing it or we wouldn't be doing it. But But it's it's a job. There's a lot to it that you don't see trying to say, okay, now tomorrow I'm gonna run out there and kill a big buck out of that one stand. It don't work like that either. There's a lot of hours that get put in. Everything is condensed and edited down, much like your music. They don't see how long it takes you in the studio to cut an album, you know? So I'm sure you have the same issues. Yeah. I mean, for, for music, um, it's hundreds and hundreds of songs written. Yes. Listen to, and then you, you find those that kind of stick around for whatever reason they have that it factor. And then you got to go, okay, well, what message am I wanting to put out there? What, what are people going to want to come see? What are they going to want to buy a ticket to come see? Um, but it's, it's all of those days off of for myself i think what, what i found has worked best for me is having a farm it's not it's not going back to nashville and and trying to be have a social life i don't have one yeah i have to recluse and recharge my body the physical demands of, of being on stage night after night and then jumping on a bus you're asking where i'm staying tonight on the bus as we roll down the road mm. bouncing around yeah. yeah man i get back Great to nashville after, after yeah after five days of that and and it's time for me just to be away from people 
And, but, but not only away from people, you know, my band gets to go and, and be with their families and veg out. I've, I've got to figure out, okay, well, I've got to write the next album. So I've got two days no to, yeah. to be at home and try to get creative and do that. You know, how we tour in country music is pretty much year round. So I'm constantly trying to be creative on those couple of days off, uh, either recluse or going into the studio and ride, be, you know, with, with my team. Um, and then right back on the bus. So it, it is a lot of, you know, I think people see us on stage and see all the fun and the yeah. party and it's mm-hmm. awesome. But, but the hours and the, and the amount of, of unfulfilling songs that we think are good the day we write them and the next day you're going, man, I should quit. <laughs> I mean, it, literally I, I've gotten a I lot, I've gotten myself. a lot more efficient. Um, it used to be the professional songwriter, um, writes, 200-ish songs a year, and, and the good ones have one hit a year. Oh, my. Two hits a year. Wow. I've, became, I've lucked out and gotten efficient. I, I record outside songs. You pretty much have to because there's so many great songs out there that other people are writing that mm-hmm. do that. Um, but, but I'm writing you know, 50 to 100 songs a year, and, and every other year I may have a hit. Did wow. Cole, did Cole, is Cole Swindle singing one of your songs? He is, yeah. And, and a fun story about that song, I'm actually – uh, did a little post today about it. His, his album Stereotype came out today, and and Cole recorded a song of mine um, called "I'm Gonna Let Her." And 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 the coolest thing about that song for me is is Cole Swindell singing it, and I'm yeah. a huge fan of him. Yeah. But it was the first co-write I had done when the world shut down, and no one knew what was happening. So we started writing via Zoom. Oh no way! That was the first song that I wrote over a Zoom, <laughs> and it goes on to be. I mean, he killed this recording, and uh, just a huge song. And I'm so I'm so happy to have it out there. Now. So, a follow up question with this: How hard is it to decide? You know, because I didn't know you did that. Like, how, how hard is it to decide? Hey, I'm not going to keep this. This song's a hit, but yeah. I'm not going to keep it for me. Well, he had called me up. He didn't realize I was a writer on it until it was time to go in and record it. He called me up like, "Man, I had no idea." This is your song. Are you cool if I record it? And I was like, yeah, I was, the reason I let it go is because, um, you know, I've got Cowboys and Angels in my show, which is a nice, super emotional, kind of slower moment. We have Mama's House out at the same time, which is a very, mm-hmm. uh, a little bit headier, heavier song. And just putting out an, another ballad like that didn't make sense for me. And I didn't want, I didn't want it just to disappear. So I, I put it out there on the market, essentially, and, and my publisher's, you know, they, they go and they see who's going to go in and record and, and pitch them songs like, hey, maybe you'd like this. And Cole liked what he heard and went in and recorded it. That's awesome. Yeah. That's, uh, you know, we're, we're sitting here going, okay, now we're finding out you're talking about your publisher and the writing and people. It's, there's a lot to the backstory. You know, we take it for granted because we can hear any song anytime yeah. when we want to. But much like the hunting industry, there's a lot more to it than meets oh, the much eye. Like, much like the studio. You've got guys and, and girls yeah. all over the place in here yeah. making this happen, you know, and, and the end product is, is what people enjoy. But absolutely a lot yeah. of a lot of key players to that <laughs> that was they a great might enjoy this that one. was actually a great that was a great question it was a great question yeah if i had to answer it i'd say the money and the women <laughs> too much of both i don't know how to handle it. the temptation mm-hmm. yeah. that's Just why i'm wait single till they hear you play <laughs> you won't yeah, have to worry about either you know well i was gonna say no tim we're overpaying you <laughs> you have no idea how high i can fly <laughs> really? I have an idea. <laughs> I think we got an idea. Oh, All right. Wildlife word? Wildlife word. It's brought to you by Tracker Off-Road. Slide into your turkey ground with the stealth of a Tracker Off-Road EV unit. Turkeys have a poor <laughs> sense of smell because of, it's multiple choice, A, seasonal allergies, 
B, they've got no fingers to remove boogers. <laughs> C, underdeveloped olfactory lobes. Or D, they got COVID. We always let the guests go first, Dustin. I'm going to go with uh, definitely C here, underdeveloped olfactory lobes. Man, I like B a lot, but I think C is probably it. <laughs> Got to be C. C is right. Okay, good. Look at we us. don't know for sure that B is not correct, but C is the most correct. Sure. Anyway, <laughs> check it out. All right. <laughs> my rack pack members. And we'll Are there rack pack members? Where's that at? I don't even the see it. Very oh, the very bottom, bottom there. So, Dustin, this is a we got a thing called the rack pack. Basically, okay. it's a it's a private Facebook group where listeners of this show. I love it. They go in, and every week Tim pulls a bunch of names out. And he makes me read them on air and just butcher these names. Great. Every week he puts in a fake name. And last week it was Art Cherry Range. And I couldn't freaking get it. <laughs> and I kept saying, Art Cherry Range. Cherry, mm. cherry is that how Emphasis you pronounce was in it? in the wrong place. And finally he says, Archery Range. I'm like, <laughs> so. so is there one of those in here? Well, is. Right, how about you read them this week? Oh my gosh, y'all. <laughs> Bottom line. All right, Caleb Graham. I'm going to probably just read over this. Austin Marcus. Uh, wait, that doesn't seem real. Hold on. Wait, Austin's a lie. <laughs> Keep going. It's going to be one of these. Joey Kessinger, Robert Wilson, Nate Williams, Ken. Uh, that's it. Ken, you dance. Can you dance? <laughs> that's it. See, you're going to see tonight. You're going to see tonight. <laughs> Dustin, I would have read that six times. And they would have made fun of me hey, the rest Austin, of the week. <laughs> Austin Marcus had, I was going to dig in there. Market. It sounded like you were like trying to Aston trick me. Aston Marcus or Martin? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> well, I think you got it. Can you dance? Can you dance? All right. Rat well, pack. Rat pack, shout out. I mean, you've won a lot of awards in your day. And this is, I mean, what is it like to have been on this show? This has been awesome. <laughs> Thank you, guys. You're Seriously. doing the CMTs this week, right? I, uh, Next week or CMAs? Yeah, CMT CMTs? awards were up for uh, for collaborative video of the year. Oh, nice. On Monday night nice. on, on CBS. So I'm excited for that. Um, we're up against Carrie Underwood's American Idol regime, so I'm not. I don't pretty, have high hopes. Pretty, pretty tough. <laughs> They're used to voting. Um, it's going to be tough one to win, but, but we're thrilled hope, to be nominated. I hope she shaves her legs. Yeah, right. Man, that uh, the Grammy appearance. She's got, she must work out. That's all Man, I'm saying. Man, God, God bless <laughs> anybody that, that works on legs like that. You That's know? right. Thank you, Carrie. Yeah. That's right. We love Public you. Service. Keep up the good work. That's right. Um, You'll never you, see you this. Sing, you sing great, but you're, all, you're awful nice to watch singing. <laughs> Her husband's a hunter. Yeah, Mike. He's a good buddy, man. Is he? Yeah, he's got a great spot in Kentucky. Yeah. That's cool. Yep. That's cool. What up, Mike? Yeah. All right. All right. Shut Tim, her down. shut her down, and this will shut her down. <laughs> <laughs> Ever since the days of old, families search for wealth untold. Yeah, dude. Take their silver and for gold and leave the empty hole. Dude, for just starting, this is great. It's pretty good. South of the Everglades, where the black water rolls down the sawgrass. I mean, if we drink six beers, it would sound pretty good. That's right. <laughs> Our ten. <laughs> Campfire. There we go. Let it go, brother. Thank you. That's great, man. Yeah, I'm impressed. That was awesome. Thank you. Now you this got could it be, This could be on every podcast. No, no. Whoa. Can we finally it's put it standard. to bed? <laughs> I'm impressed. It's great. Yeah, I Thank am you. too. That was good. Fine. That All right. Good. On that note, literally. We better shut her down. <laughs> we better shut her down. <laughs> Thanks, everybody. Cheers, guys. Thanks, everybody. Thanks, buddy. Hey, Peace thank you. Appreciate you, that brother. That was fun. Thank y'all. Thank you. 
The results are in. DeerCast said great. It doesn't exist anywhere else but in DeerCast. Hunters love DeerCast's exclusive deer movement forecast. Get ahead of your game with DeerCast.